This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I have such a good interview for you today. I was in conversation with a 5-1 reflector. Her name's Annie. She's the founder of Reflector Reflections, a podcast and YouTube channel providing guidance and community for human design reflectors, emphasizing their distinct journeys as a reflector. Additionally, she spotlights individuals in the human design and gene keys community. As a 5-1 reflector, she leads the Heart Grove, her business dedicated to assisting women and families across various life stages. Her services encompass birth and postpartum doula support, meditation, movement instruction, holistic counseling, energy healing, and guidance with human design and gene keys. So she actually reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do a podcast exchange. And I was like, yes, I want to do a podcast exchange. And so I had her come on my channel. I'm going to be doing an episode on hers. And I just got the pleasure of picking her brain on what it means to be a reflector. And it was so refreshing because I love being able to hear from the source what it's like being a reflector so that I can be more supportive of people who are reflectors when I get the privilege of coaching them and working with them. And so it was so refreshing to hear her experience of being embodied in this work, the challenges that she's navigated through, and just how incredibly positive she is in terms of continuing to create an empowering context around being a reflector because having so much openness and so much undefinedness in your chart is so spacious and it can be really overwhelming so this conversation was super refreshing we also dove into the gene keys and we talked about that and it was just great to go back and forth it was amazing so i really hope you enjoy this so let's dive in Welcome, Annie, to the Living in Fierce Alignment channel. I'm really excited to have you here because I've only ever had a couple of reflectors. And the fact that you reached out to me and it was just so synchronistic, I'm really excited to have you here. So welcome to the channel. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure pleasure to be here. As we were just saying before, we're, we're sharing some different time, li- time zones. So yes, I love afternoon and my Friday morning. I know, right? So Annie's in Australia, just so the listeners know. And I was like, I am in the past, you're in the future. And I just, I never get tired of this. I think it's so fascinating that this is how we live in the world, right? It's so vast. So today we're going to have a great conversation. I can already feel it. My sacral is lit. And I would love to start this conversation with how you discovered human design and what it was like for you when you found out you were a reflector, because that is such a unique experience. And I feel like because you really do leverage human design in your work, like you're going to have such a richness in sharing what it's really like for you. Mm. Well, I discovered human design in late 2018 and I'm adopted. So my birth time has often been a little bit, uh, it's been a little bit of a contentious thing to to sort of lean into. So when I ran it, I found it just through somebody and they said, have you seen or have you heard of this? And I went, no, I don't even know what that is. Because human design, it's a very strange two words together, isn't it? Uh, and so I ran my chart and it came up that I was a projector. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. 
And I was very much like, oh, it's just another personality typing thing. That's fine. No worries. About eight months to nine months after that, another friend had said, oh my gosh, Annie, have you heard about human design? And I'm like, yeah. And they said, what are you? And I went, I can't remember. So it really, it really didn't stick to me. And so I ran it and I remember it was on, I think it was on the human design app, you know, the, that one. And it came up and everything was white and it said, you're a reflector. And so I'd said, I'm a reflector. And she goes, oh, which we often get, you know, when people and, and suddenly something in me just went, what is this? It was a full body. I need to know everything right this moment. And I was in the car driving home and I was adamant. That's what I was doing. I was cancelling all my plans that day. Google, Google, Google. First line went. And to be honest, I spent three days in tears, laughing, crying, kicking things. It was a very full body reaction. So I like to use my Australianism here and say I went on a three-day bender of just navigating my past and going, what is this? Because I felt so seen. I felt just so seen. So that's how it all started, friend. <laughs> oh my gosh. I even feel emotion coming up inside of me hearing your story because first of all, the fact that you graciously shared that you were adopted and then you find out that you're a reflector and then you look back on your life and it's like you finally have something that's connected to you that is your truth and you really get to be seen in a way that you may have not been seen because of the unique way that you were brought up right so it's like yeah. extra validating and so when you were sharing that I just I just really felt the emotion in that it was pretty emotional but one thing led to another and of course in in my true form I had to see who was in my orbit straight away. So I was running everybody's charts before I even dove into my own. Who was I raised by? Who, who was this, you know, because I have a relationship with my birth parents now, I could actually reach out and say, do you know what time you were born? So, and I was raised by a reflector. My adoptive father uh, is a reflector. So, yeah. Wow, that's so amazing. So I'm really curious, you find out your reflector, you went on a three day bender, which I laughed hysterically, I was on mute, but it was like too funny. That was so good. And you are reaching out to your family and your friends and you're asking for their time to see the influences. What was the what was the next thing that you did for yourself? Because I, I think, you know, assuming reflector is one of the biggest thing is, is like deconditioning and just being like, this is not mine. Like, get the fuck out of my energy. Like yeah. this is not mine. So what was the first thing that you did that really allowed you to come back to your version of homeostasis? I think understanding that, and a lot of the language like, still is, but back then was still more about you are the mirror to everybody else. And I did go on a little bit of, I think I've spoken a lot about this where I was really paranoid and I felt like I had to sort my shit out real quick. I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's me and I'm mirroring everybody else. So I had already been in a, a lot of a, a self-healing journey. I'm always in a self-healing journey, by the way, but I was in a, a really accelerated space. And so I was really adamant that I really wanted to connect with myself and go, who are you? So I can be a polished mirror going out into the world. So 
that was probably the first things that I started to really do. I started to really understand, well, what are the mechanics of a reflector? Like, what does that actually mean? And if I'm a mirror to everybody else, then how can my mirror be polished? I realize that's not how it works now, but that was the first things that I did. Um, and then started noting how I was feeling. I really started like walking into situations and being really hyper aware without trying to control it. So it was a bit of science. I always sort of say it was a bit of fun, you know, to just go, what, what's going to happen in this environment? Um, so self-inquiry became my best friend. And it was a, probably a few months in where I started to think about tracking because um, I needed to really sit with this and explore it. And when I first started tracking, I, like most other reflectors, I was thinking, oh, it's, I'm just tracking the, the moon phases, you know, oh, it's a full moon tonight or it's a quarter here and and what star signs that in? And it was like, okay, well, I, I've always liked the moon, but and then I was like, you know, that's not what it's about, Annie. It's about tracking the transits, the lunar transits. So I went on a big like three to six month bender of doing that, tracking in all sorts of different ways. And and that was fun too. Again, line one. It's always fun if I'm researching something. I love this. One thing that really stood out to me that I would have never thought of is just the paranoia of, you know, having the ability to mirror back. And then it's almost like you take the weight of your, the weight of the world on your shoulders because you don't want to be projecting onto others. Right. So it, that, I thought that was really important to point that out because then obviously, you know, you went to work on yourself and your perception of yourself and then you realize like, okay, I actually just need to find my own groove. Like I need to find my own path in terms of how this makes sense to me, because I could see a lot of reflectors, like holding back, like being so terrified, like just, I can speak to this in such a small level where I have an undefined emotional solar plexus. And for me, when I get into situations where I'm really feeling somebody's emotions and I'm like mirroring it back and I, I think, oh, I did something wrong. Like they're pissed off at me. And then it turns out like they'll message me or say something like, hey, Kayla, like I'm actually dealing with this thing and this is how I'm feeling. I'm like, oh, it's you. It's not me, but it felt like me. And so I can't even imagine your whole freaking chart being that experience, like your thoughts, your perceptions, your voice, who you are as a person, your sacral energy. Like it's like, oh my God, it's so intense. And so I'm curious, you started tracking the transits and you started playing with, you know, your energetic cycles. What was the thing that clicked that made sense the most for you to ride your own cycle? Because I've heard people be disempowered about the 28 day thing. I've talked about nuances with that, but I want to hear what you have to say. Look, to be, to be honest, it's frustrating as fuck when you get that and you're like, this is your authority to wait 28 days. You're like, are you kidding? And, and you do take it literally. You're like, okay, well, look, if this is an experiment and I'm going to do it, I'll give it a crack. Um, my, cause I went in tracking going, right. I'm going to track cause it changes every few hours. The lunar it's crazy tracking. It's, it's stressful actually, if you track it. So I went in two ways. One, I went in and I noted all the gates that were going to happen and I was reading about them and going, right. And I was waiting to feel something. And then other months I went the opposite way. I'm just like, Ooh, what's happening. I'm noticing something quite unique. So I, I started to, to really do notice that the, the trend, like I can feel often when my manifesto days come up, when I get that definition and 
it's it's like I can feel this initiation, not every month, but most months. So I can feel this flow of energy in a way. And I've learned over the years to trust that. But in the beginning, I was trying to wait. So if something happened, I'd note it on the calendar and I'd be like, right, I need to make a decision. And most of those were about spending money, like buying courses or wanting to be involved in some form of learning. Everything else was pretty much static in my life. And I'd be sitting and I'd be really keen. And I, you know, in my past, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to buy that course. I'm going to do that. But I was like holding off and going, no, I'm going to wait. And nine times out of 10, what would happen is the energy, like the pressure would light me up and go, I want to do that course. But when I waited at near the end of that cycle, I'd be like, yeah, I don't. Because if I had have rushed my process, I would have bought the course, spent X amount of dollars, and I would have got probably two or three weeks into that course. And then my energy would have fizzled and I wouldn't have felt that passion. So I've learned that that's really important for me to give myself time to allow my excitement to wear off. And then I can see with, with, with my true lens. So I don't always wait a cycle or two cycles. It really just depends on when I feel that energy kind of dissipate, you know, the excitement when you're in first in a relationship, it's like that. It's like a giddiness. And then all of a sudden the rose color glasses come off and you're like, yeah, you're a dick. Or, you know, it's just like, yeah, no, no. That's how it feels, I think, in in the body. Well, for me. I really love this. And it's funny because I, I feel like I can relate to it in a sacral sense, like the excitement that comes in because you're, in theory, you are responding to something like, hey, something's come into your field. There's an opportunity to make this investment. And it's like, oh, that feels like a yes. And it's so interesting because it's like, it's like surprises you. Like, it's almost like, oh yeah, like this, it surprises you. And then you wait to see if this, this feeling of surprise is still hanging around. Right. Yeah. And so I love that you shared this because it kind of validates something that I was sharing yesterday on a podcast interview. Somebody's asking about reflectors and I was like, listen, here's the nuance 28 days. I get it. There's other layers of energetic cycles. There's your menstrual cycle, which is a whole thing. I said, it matters who's in your environment. If you live with the generator or manifestor, you're going to be amplifying that all the time. And I said, you know, your energy can vary in the day. You might have more energy in the morning than you do at night. So you got to operate in that lens. But one of the things I said was, yeah, it is tracking the transits. I said, you know, you're going to go through multiple times in a month where you're going to have the energy of a generator manifest and generator projector. And like, you're going to have that energy to tap into. You don't actually have to wait 28 days. But I love that you gave this specific example of you leveraging the surprise to see, oh, am I still surprised? But then if you're not surprised and then you're disappointed, you're like, oh, no, that's not for me, which is great. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious of what I just shared in terms of like the mm. micro and like macro, because you could even look at it in seasons of the year. You might be more bountiful and whatnot in the spring and summer. And then the winter, you're like, I'm going to hibernate and come out again in the spring. And I'm curious if, if you notice those cycles on those levels beyond just the moon cycle. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also link it, leveraging into, even though we don't have centers defined, as you've seen in charts, I've got six gates in my throat. So I soundboard, I've, I've got a trusted partner who I can just, I just dump myself, poor bugger. I just dump myself into his and I'm like, I got things to say. And he's, he's been so wonderful and I've taught him so well that he will just zip it. He doesn't try to fix anything. And I just go, blah, 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 blah. and then I'll ask him if I, if I need it, what do you think? And because I trust him so much, 
I value his opinion. And most of the time what will happen is I just go, yeah, good, got it. So soundboarding for me is really good. I know other reflectors that they might kind of lean into different other things. Like they might have, like you've got so many gates in your route and they'll go and do like a mad strength training session to be able to tap into their body awareness to be able to, you know. So there's different cycles within cycles and, and leaning into a lot of the gates in our chart and our PHS, you know, we're talking about our own digestion and things like that. Absolutely. They're our anchors. I like to call them. They're our anchors. We don't have the definition, but we have a lot of hidden anchors in there that once we start to journey through and really feel into our uniqueness, we can kind of, it's a feeling of recognition and we're like, oh, there I am. There I am. Yeah. Oh, this is so beautiful. I was doing a recording this morning before we're jumping on this into this conversation. And I really loved what my friend was sharing. She was saying, you know, the undefined centers are like our spaces of wisdom because there's so much information and energy that passes through, which makes sense as to why reflectors are so reflective and how they think and how they process and how they live life, because you're here to, to share that wisdom. And I just, when I first got into human design, I just, I despised how disempowered reflectors felt because they're like, Oh, I don't have definition. So I don't have consistent energy. And I'm like, that's so gross. Like, it's not about consistency. Like it's just energetic conversation. So for me, I will always have a G-centered to sacral energetic conversation. Like my identity, where I'm going, who I think I am, what I'm doing, what lights me up. Like that's always going to be a conversation that's there. But I love for you, especially you, you said in the throat center, you have so much activation and it's like, what are the sparky conversations that I get to have? And it's fun. I think why the signature of a reflector is surprise is because it's like these, these little anchors that you talked about are like spark plugs and they connect and then you like don't know what's going to happen. And then you get to be surprised. You know what I mean? So it's kind of perfect in my opinion. I love that. I'm going to use that spark plugs because it's, it's I, I feel that tingle in my body when you're saying that. So it's like, oh, yes, that's actually exactly what it's like. Because the surprise, it's very hard to surprise a reflector, like just generic surprise. It's just like we kind of already know. Surprise parties, it's even that. Like if you're around someone for too long, it's like my body already knows what's happening. You cannot surprise me. I've never been truly able to be surprised at Christmas. However, true surprise is what you were saying. It's like a ignition. It's like that spark. I, I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That totally just came out of nowhere because I was thinking about it and I'm I'm seeing in my mind the chart of a reflector and you just have all these hanging gates and it's like, what do you do with that? And they're like, they're freaking spark plugs. Like they're just yeah. waiting to be ignited. So actually, I want you to talk more about this. If you feel that it's hard to surprise you and your signature is surprised, like how do you operate? Like how do you know when you're in alignment if that's quote supposed to be your signature? I guess it's that it's it's understanding that true surprise is surprise and delight and true surprise can be a small thing like I have found for me personally I can be sitting and creating something and I'm smiling and all of a sudden I look around and I'm like oh where did those few hours go that's surprise in the body it's it's this true feeling of whereas other surprise would be like someone might buy you something and they go a oh, surprise and you're like oh that's nice thank you it's not a it's not a full body feeling of just being lit up so 
I guess that's what I mean. Understanding that surprise, there's more to surprise than just what the Oxford Dictionary says. Yes. So it I, is that full. I love what you said about delight. Like just mm-hmm. those, because even in that example that you just gave, getting lost in creativity and looking up with a smile on your face and realizing like, where did the hours go? You know, that is a delight. You know, it's just yeah. being delighted. And the other thing I'm noticing too, is like, you're really talking about being in the present moment, right? And that that is so refreshing to hear that. Whereas, you know, like, let's say if I was having a conversation with a sacral being, it's like, oh, I built this thing, like this big thing, and I put all this energy into it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just a different signature. There's like this deep satisfaction in the sacral from like doing this thing. Whereas I feel like for you, it's these sparky moments of, oh my gosh, this just caught me off guard and I wasn't expecting it. It was like just in the moment, right? Absolutely. And I I feel for, and this is just my personal opinion here, I feel for reflectors, this is why we kind of can struggle in life and what's our purpose and what should we do as a job? Because we're either in the past or in the future. And as you just said, it's like the true reflector needs to be in the present. But that's very hard in the world of making a living and doing things. But I believe when reflectors are in true alignment, that's all we have to be. We just have to walk in to situations and be there. And that's very hard. Can someone pay us for that, please? But if they could, that'd be wonderful. Uh, and I think more people are recognizing the value of that, but it's it's very difficult to stay in that present moment in this current world. So it's where we can get kind of caught a little bit and pushed and pulled around. Yeah, yeah I really love that even in that, you mirrored back the truth of what's happening right now. Like the truth is we need to be present and we're not, which is kind of hilarious because that's such a reflector thing to say, even though the layers behind it are like, you're actually just sharing your experience of what it's like, but that's also just the awareness of you sharing with me and the listeners, like, here's a reality. Like, this is the truth, like the cosmic truth. So I was just like listening. I was like, oh, that's so genius. I would, I would love to hear more about, you know, the other things that we hear in terms of being a reflector is like being a guide, being really connected within community and, you know, mirroring back the integrity and, and, you know, the cosmic truth, like, for example, of what I said, and I'm curious how that shows up for you and your life and your business, or if that typical language around being a reflector even resonates with you at all. Mm. Well, there's two things on that. I guess when I first stepped into this space and in those first few years and I thought I need to you know reflect my community and be a part of my community I literally took that like I got into my community and I thought what can I do how can I serve and it wasn't really like that Um, and I found that what we feel or what I felt was community was this big group but community for me is often quite small groups it's how I can just show up in any given moment. So it could be I pick the kids up from school and there's a couple of mums standing around. That's me in community in that in that moment, um, opposed to me stepping into a big hall and, you know, watching. And if you've ever seen a reflector at work, they're not often the ones that will be observing everything. They're often in groups. So you go to any of the conferences and stuff, they're the ones that are checking in on people and we do it unconsciously can't help ourselves. So I think that is really about community and how I work now. 
And I do like to work in community opposed to being online, but a lot of my community is online. So it's like, I can still kind of feel that, but it's nice to be here in, in my little, my little patch of dirt in the world and seeing how everyone's coping and how everyone's feeling. Cause we've got what you were saying there, you know, we've got the, the, the micro getting into the macro, we've got the world, and then we've kind of come into our own little patches of dirt on the earth and how we show up. Oh, I love this. Oh, that's so refreshing. And I feel like that works well with the kind of sparky theme that we started, you know, chatting about a couple of minutes ago, where it's like, when you go into these little communities, like you're sampling the energy, you're sampling the conversations, like what's going on, checking in, and then you unplug, pull out and go into the next. So that's really brilliant. And I think that's another thing that I've, I've learned about reflectors is like, you're designed to sample you know, the environment and the conversations and the people and the energies and try it on and take it off. And actually this kind of leads beautifully into the fact that you have a completely open G center. Mm. And so I would love actually this, this kind of ties back to the beginning of the conversation where you discovered human design, you felt so validated, but then the G center being completely open is like, I told you before we hit record, it's like a super reflector. It's like an an inception of like a reflector inside of a reflector. So I'm really curious how you've navigated that. And I know that you're really big into the work of people coming home to themselves and discovering who they are and that wholeness. So I would love for you to just open that can of worms and take us (laughs) on a ride because I'm excited for this. Well... You know, it's interesting to start this because recently I had to dig through and find some old report cards from school. Now I've got a, in my mind, I thought that I was this kind of student. Like I've never had a problem with learning. I've loved to learn. And I thought, yeah, I was a really good student. Wrong. I was, I was reading through these report cards and I was horrified. I'm like, fuck. Throughout all of my report, it was just like, you know, Annie doesn't have consistent energy and he's distracted and he, and I'm thinking, oh my God. And I felt this real shame in my body when I was reading these going, I thought I was a really good student. And what I did was I really sat in this space of going, no, I was always distracted because I was possibly feeling into what was happening with everybody else. And that was a big shift for me coming from a farm life when I was little to going into school. It was like, oh, And I don't have words for that because I was only like five, but I do know how that feels in my body because I've I've been doing a lot of trauma work on that. But, oh, my gosh, what haven't I done? What haven't I done? And that's the classic completely open G. Who haven't I been? What haven't I done? Um, And I look back over the last four, four plus decades and I'm thinking, wow, when are you going to stop? So finding human design and when I went back and I was like discovering all this and going, I've done all these things, I've got all this education, I've got all these skills, can't I ever just be one thing? Am I ever going to find something, you know, in some kids or some people like I'm going to be this and they do that and they're really happy? That's not me. (laughs) And so I had to go and give myself, and I still do, give myself permission that I'm always going to change. And I need to be fluid in the moment because I don't have, that's my, it is a superpower for me. So I like to call them quivers. I like to call them arrows in my quiver. And so how I work now is I kind of use that as, as my, to air quote here, superpower, because I just go, well, what can I pull out to help this person? Because, oh gosh, there's a big, big bag of arrows back there. 
And that's what I'm really loving about me is that I'm not here to be consistent in one job or one role. It's fun. Life is to be experienced. And I just kind of really tap into that now where, yeah, there's, there is a lot of shame from my past though. Of, and, and reflectors, we feel it even without the completely open like mine, a lot of shame of just going, why can't I just stick with this? You know, why can't this just be something I'm really good at and I'm a master of? It's like, next, <laughs> next. And when you get into the, the sampling, as you were saying before, it's a beautiful thing to be able to sample, sample people, sample friendships even. And just when you've got enough, it's like you move on. And that can be, again, another like, oh, oh, maybe I'm not a good enough friend to people because I can't always be with them every week, you know. So there, there is a lot in that, I, I feel. I won't, I won't just dump continual on, but it is an interesting and challenging aspect to us, but also a fun and beautiful way to experience the world. So, you know, coming years ago, I'm a birth doula. So when I was finding this and going into those birth spaces, I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to reflect all this, you know, this back to a mum who's in labour? But it didn't work like that. It was actually a beautiful thing to be able to experience all that and then flow it out. Another thing I just want to touch on here with that I've found the open centres is that when I see myself included and others with completely open centres, I like to think that it's um, people often say, I'll use mine, for example, the open G and the open head. People sort of go, oh, that's where you're conditioned more. And I've started to flip the switch on that and go, oh, actually, that's where I love more. That's where I give more. Um, and the more I've kind of tapped into that awareness, the more it is true because I don't have anything there to, to stop me from loving or giving more except a define sacral but you know when I'm in alignment it's it's very much a how can I love so much and give so much and free that that heart space of mine and even my open head completely open head center it's so many beautiful thoughts and things come in there so many ideas so many inspirations it's just like just let them and when I talk to people it's like it just comes in again in the now moments I'm going have you thought about this so there you go. That's pretty a long-winded way of sort of saying it's fun. It's a it's a fun ride, friend. Um, journeying through the the open G. But yes. it is what it is. You never know what you're gonna you never know what Annie you're gonna get tomorrow. Oh, I love this. No, I was honestly I was so moved, especially when you started talking about essentially the unconditional love. And I really appreciate you talking about how the conditioning that comes up around the undefined open centers, because I only have two centers defined and uh, the rest of them are open and undefined. And, you know, like my Ajna throat and heart center are completely open. There's no activation. And so it is easy to have a disempowering context around, you know, I don't have a voice and I'm inconsistent with my beliefs and my ideas and my commitments, but I don't know. It's it's interesting. Sometimes I, that's where the nuance comes in. Cause like, how is it that I have a completely open throat center and I have a podcast channel where I've interviewed over a hundred people and there's like 365 plus episodes that doesn't add up. You know what I mean? So there's nuance in it. Yeah. 
And I really love how you created the empowering context because with the wisdom that we have from those undefined and open spaces, like you're right, we get to experience more. We get more sampling, more trying on, more taking in, releasing, like that's why they're, you know, the wisdom portals. And I think it's Karen Curry Parker who said specifically, she calls them the God portals or wisdom portals. Like people have different language for it, but I just think the way that you shared that was so beautiful. And one thing I really want to ask, because I know there's going to be people, I get a lot of people that come into my space with an undefined G-Center because I have a very defined G-Center. So there's that magnetism. But I really want to hear from you having a completely open G-Center. What is one thing that someone can do to start to release that shame that they have from, quote, being inconsistent? I put quotes because I don't like that word in this context. But I want to hear your thoughts on that. I think we have to take, all of us as humans, we have to take who we are now and see who, like, who we are in this now moment and go all of these trials. I like to use the analogy of like a an avalanche. It starts off small and it builds like a big snowball. That's our life. And we're clinging on all these leaves and these sticks and everything else that cling to us. They're not really ours. We didn't start off like that. We start off quite pure. So getting into this space of just going, who am I right now? Is that me? A lot of this I sort of say to people and myself included, whose voice is that in my head? Who's telling me that? So be I've allowed myself and I allow I ask people to allow themselves to be open to be fluid. There is not one way in the world. There is only your way, but you've got to find your way. And I guess it goes back. This might be a lot of trauma work. It might be a lot of healing, but being able to go back and go, you are not who you are sitting here right now because that's who you exactly you are. You are here from the accumulation of society, from your parents, from your siblings. So who are you? What does what does Annie like? What do you like? Like just asking yourself those questions. Do I really enjoy this? Do I like this park? And waiting for the answer. And it takes time because I thought I call them body whispers. And sometimes they're not very loud because our clunky, thinky bit up here gets in the way. But just inviting people to always ask, what do I actually like this person? Or do I like this food? Or are I just eating it because everyone told me it was good? So that's a real, real um, entry level way to sort of discovering who you are. Because the more empowered, and I think the more we can kind of like get rid of all of that crap deconditioning process, get rid of all the crap from others and ourselves, those self-limiting beliefs, we can actually kind of be in our alignment a lot more. I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's always an evolving process because there's always like layers and layers to peel. But I just think if you can just be 1% better than, not better, but more you than you were yesterday, you're on the way. And that's all we can ask for in the world is to just know ourselves, be ourselves and just everything else is just conditioning, isn't it? Oh, this conversation, the depth (laughs) is so rich. Like, I'm just so satisfied asking you all these questions and just like 
pulling the curtain back. Like I, I really, really love this conversation. I feel like it's so empowering for people. And I would love if you can share more, you know, we've talked so much about your embodiment and I, I love being able to pick your brain and check in on things that I've heard because, you know, reflectors, like we just don't see that much information. And I do my best when I create content to be inclusive. And so your wisdom right now is like validating what I share. And it's also just like, okay, now I have more that I can share. Right. But I would really love to hear your experience of how you started your business and what that looks like for you because of the energetics and, you know, the way you try things on, like, what is, what is running a business look like for you? And what is the work that you do with clients or that you love to do with clients? Mm, well, I've worn multiple hats again. <laughs> it goes back to that. But I did start my business to help support people in their healing journey. I've always been very spiritual. I've always been about like looking beneath, to use yours, looking, but you know, inside the curtain, beneath the layers. And so my work has evolved from like physical, I was a PT and, and all these kind of things working in that space to working with women more in the emotional and spiritual sides of things. So the birth doula and postpartum doula and all that kind of stuff, it, it just evolved. Again, I think I allowed it. I allowed it to evolve as it should be. Um, so the energy healing and everything else has always been with me. And I think most reflectors are very spiritual because they're very open to receive guidance. It has been challenging because I don't always have that level of consistency. And I'll use an example just this week. I've got things that I need to get done, but I was just so tired and I lost that. You know, we use the spark. The spark just wasn't there. And I could have sat there and flogged myself, but it'd be like, ugh nothing's coming out and in those moments I have to give myself permission to just walk away or take a day and go for a walk or work with somebody else collaboration's my biggest friend right now so being able to sort of have like-minded souls business owners uh, around me to be able to say hey oh I'm a bit flat right now or taking myself down to the local cafe and getting a sacral hit to ride ride me through <laughs> I know that <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> oh my gosh I love that you said that because like for me I have my circle to find but sometimes I lack the pressure and I have like so many gates in my root center and I do the same thing I purposely go to a cafe to be like all right bitches like I'm plugging into your root center <laughs> and it's unbelievable how much work I get done and then I leave and I'm so exhausted but I do that so it's like I because you know I've got the two centers to find but yeah, if I need something, I'm like, hmm, I'm just gonna, you know, go to these environments or call this yeah. person or do this thing. So I love that you just shamelessly said that because I do it too. <laughs> I took my kids just last weekend to the trampoline park, you know, the bouncy park, and I had a client reading to do. And um, and I tell you what, it was it was just done, and it was like this is amazing because it was a very I, I don't like a lot of crowds, but for me it got done. So just getting back to that, that was I guess for me just over two years ago now I spent all these years kind of studying and training in this I didn't think I'd ever work in human design but I got fed up and so that's why I started my own podcast for reflectors just for reflectors to share their story and it's been two years now and that's been so healing for me to know that I'm not alone and to start to re-educate on what it is to have a lived reflector experience opposed to just other people's interpretations of it 
So that's kind of led me into, again, I, I felt like I didn't have control or I wanted to, the flow of just going, I actually work in embodiment in human design and the gene keys. It's like, I just, I bring it all in and I don't just want to do readings. I want to sit with people and say, how are you? Where are you at in your life? And what can we do together to help you navigate this? So that's the gift of human design that just has kept giving to me. So I love it. It's beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. I just really feel the kindness and genuineness in your heart of connecting with other people because when you do, it's like so profound, you know, it's like, it's really, it's the 50, 50 of like, you know, you've got the spark plugs and you connect with them. And there's just this very unique chemistry between you and the person or the people that you're connecting with. I really love this. Actually wanted to ask you this because when I, was talking about this with human design charts, people were blown away. And it makes sense mathematically why this happens. But something that I like to do with clients is I'll take their quantum chart and on genetic matrix, you can look at just their unconscious and just their conscious. And so when you do that, you pull apart the planets, right? So then obviously there's less likelihoods that there's going to be a full channel activated. And a lot of people, they either have one reflector side, either consciously or unconsciously or both are reflectors because all of their gates are hanging and connected. So I'm really curious how, you know, if this, I mean, the totally just, you know, loaded question out of left field asking you this, but I'm curious if you've used that as a tool in your business. And if you've helped people with these reflector sides, because when I pointed this out to people, they're like, Oh my God, it makes sense. This is why, even though I am a sacral authority, I changed my mind like 15 times and I don't just say yes or no right away. And I'm like, yeah, you can just eat the nuances of the layers. I'm curious if you've explored this and how that's been for you. If you've been using that as a tool with your clients. Very interesting. This has been in this space. I think it's been in the HD space now for about a week. This exact question that you're asking, I think there's a, you know, there's the camp that just goes, absolutely not reflect, you know, the reflectors get on their high horse. They're like, absolutely not. You are not a reflector just because you've got a, you know, a design reflector or a personality as a reflector. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you've got one camp and the other camp going, but I'm curious. And I'm, I always play into the, I'm curious about everything why not? Why wouldn't it make sense if this is, you know, your body's designed to do this? So yes, in a way I look at it like that, but I probably go into a deeper way. A lot, most of, not I shouldn't say most, but a lot more of my clients are reflectors. So it's, it's very much like, well, (laughs) hello, it's going to happen anyway, but I do appreciate and am curious about how people operate and the more information you can give and help them guide through that, the better it is. Totally. But as a whole, I think a reflector is a reflector. A projector is a re- projector. Um, so yeah, just interesting that you're asking that because it's 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 in the space right now, isn't it? It's dropping in and people are getting all like, how dare you? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like just, I, just ask the questions, have fun with it. It's so funny how, you know, the reflectors might be like, not offended, but just like appalled, like, no, because then it's like, don't try and be a reflector, like, let us have our 1%, you know, but I think that when I, I really have noticed when I have genuinely sat down with like a manifesting generator who has like seven centers defined and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, did you know that unconsciously you're a reflector? And they're like, oh my God, everything makes sense. I'm like the nuances, like I'm, I'm such a nuanced person, like I don't ever just talk about the types like I'm into the gates I'm into the channels like you know I bring in the gene keys and so I really I wanted to hear your thoughts on that and I love that you share that there's some people that are getting fired up and like 
the left camp and the right camp. Oh, too good. It would make sense because when you're looking at a chart, I mean, what again, you know, it's a, and I'd love your opinion on this if you wouldn't mind sharing. But you know how some will say, well, it's like, well, the the design side is really who you came to be here and the personality side is, well, what you were given. And so they have to work together, right? So just say we're going on that spiritual route of, and so why wouldn't it make sense to look at the design side and go, okay, you were given a reflector type body, but you've been given all of this, like that makes sense to be able to look at them back and forth instead of just looking at them one-on-one, understanding how they flow together. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Well, I love it because it's an integrative approach. And I think that if you can integrate your designs on all levels, like that's what's important. And actually the way that I teach it is I've actually shown people how to take their unconscious design. Cause like, for example, some people, they might be, you know, a manifester and unconsciously they're a projector, right? So it's like, there's some major nuances and conflicting strategies and authorities there. But what I like to do is, you know, I was working with a generator last year who has, I think they were a mental projector unconsciously and I was like okay so I would notice when they were bitter about certain things and I'd be like where and how are you not taking care of your body like you need how can you do some nervous system regulation to care for the unconscious or projector that you have inside of you so that you can operate well as a generator so it was like this really interesting duality perspective and it totally landed for them because you, I, I see that, right? It's like, or, you know, maybe they have like, you know, a manifester side and then I, I'm seeing the generator and it's like, well, you know, it's, it's there's just the nuances that come through. And I like to use the unconscious side for nervous system regulation. And it really mm-hmm. has been like an effective tool. So again, it's like the quantum is just one option and the design and the personality, unconscious and conscious are just another. And it's just like, it's, it's all an experiment anyways, right? I love that. It's so refreshing to hear you say that it is, it's, I like to be curious about things and, and always go, well, what if let's have a look at this? How's that feeling? And I really love what you were saying there about nervous regulation. I'm a big one for that. Thank you for enlightening me there. You're so welcome. So (laughs) you had mentioned that you're also into the gene keys and I would love to hear about your experience with the gene keys because I bring them both together. Not a lot of people bring them together but it's totally my jam. And I want to hear about how you discovered the gene keys. If it was the same time as human design, how you bring this into your work. Tell me all the things. Ooh, uh, it would have been about two years after I discovered human design. Cause my first year of human design was very much like must know all the things. And then I thought must learn all the things. And then it kept coming into my orbit and people were sort of saying, you know, uh, gene keys was more feminine approach to the mechanical human design and in my own healing journey I'm like yeah I really want that in my life right now and I think it was the first time I'd heard Richard Rudd's voice and he just it made me swoon like he's just got such a beautiful way of explaining things and I felt nourished do you know what I mean when we're talking about nervous system regulation he makes me feel safe so that was, that was the start for it. And I'm like, what is this? So I bought the book and, and I didn't really know how to, how to use it properly. Like he just sort of says, read, I think when you first get into it, read your gates. 
Um, and then I'm like, this is so beautiful and poetic. And that's when I went to the Gene Keys and started study, like just learning for myself. And like you, I like to bring it in because it's just so rich and how the language is used. It's very uplifting to go, you know, it's not, it's not just a black and white. You're not just always in the shadow. You're kind of in the flow all the time. And it, I love it for that reason to just go, oh, how am I, you know, not in alignment here or how can I kind of like reach a little bit higher um, and what can I work through to kind of like, you know, traverse all of this. So it's a, it's a spectrum. I really love that about the gene keys. It's very much a spectrum and the activation sequences or the sequences that you go on is just so, I don't think you can do it. You've got to keep doing it. Like that's what I found anyway. I like to sometimes keep going back in and I, I, I dig around a little bit more. And it's allowed me to create more of a story of my design, but a story about my life to just go, well, this is how I navigate through all of this, or this is how I can be richer. So it's definitely complemented the mechanical clunky sides of human design uh, for me. And I briefly touch on it with, with people I work with. It's more about me behind the scenes, understanding this. And if they want to get into it, I'll generally like refer them out to go and get official training. But yeah. I really love how I feel validated actually and how you shared the mechanical side of human design and then the feminine flow side of the gene keys because that's exactly how I explain it to people. I'm like, okay, you have human design, you have your type, strategy, authority, not self-theme, all the things. And ironically, following your strategy in human design is a very feminine thing, right? It really takes something to receive and connect with your environment and to make the correct decisions. It's not just force, 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 and do, 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 right? Sometimes you have to actually do less to be in alignment with your design. Now, the gene keys, it's so funny because if you, like, I feel like with human design, if you're living your life, you can force things to happen, right? Like you can force things. With the gene keys, I really notice if you try to force an understanding, it just runs away. It just, it's like it stops. It's like they freeze and they're like, nope. Like they lock their wisdom. And then you, we just get stuck in our head and we're like, what's the answer? I need to understand. This isn't making sense. And then you try to read more and understand more. But ironically, it's actually using that art of contemplation, taking that exquisite like inquiry approach and being curious that opens up the wisdom. And I, this is why I also really love hearing Richard Rudd speak because he is so poetic the way he talks about the gene keys. And even though some of the shadows could actually be really terrifying or challenging, it actually, the way he talks about it is you really get to embrace that experience and there's nothing wrong and there's nothing to fix. And so it's just, I love both the systems and then bringing them together is just like oh my god it's just like a chocolate sundae like it's so delicious you know <laughs> oh my goodness well I loved our conversation today this was so incredible like you just shared so graciously you mirrored back some amazing things that I've just I'm just frothing over here and it's I'm laughing I'm saying the word frothing because I was literally chatting with my friend who's an Aussie and he's like this is a side story. He shared a playlist with me and it was such a good playlist. He's like, I'm frothing over here, mate. And I'm like, you are so Australian. Like this is, and I was like, frothing to me is like 
you know, a dog salivating or like, you know, a froth on my latte <laughs> and you're talking about something cool. And I just, in that moment, it just like came out of my mouth and I'm like, obviously picking up on your terminology, having an open throat, which is hilarious. So with that being said, my little tangent, I would love to invite you to share one last piece of wisdom that you think our audience needs to hear today. Sit with yourself every day. Just as I was saying before, sit with yourself every day and ask those questions. Who am I? <laughs> Are these my thoughts? Explore that beautiful uniqueness for you and not what other people are telling you. Trust in you, trust in your authority. I think it's really important. A lot of people don't know how to get there, but you have, I know it's a bit of a cliche thing, but you have everything that you need. So choose people, choose environments, choose your guides wisely. But just every day, sit in and check in with yourself. Do that, do that little scan. How am I feeling today? Who am I today? Or what do I want to do today? Just be curious about life and you, as in the true you, and not what others want you to be. Yeah. And enjoy the ride. I love your level of curiosity and just the commitment to constant, you know, self-inquiry, you know, and it's just so beautiful. I really admire that. So thank you for sharing that. And before I wrap things up, I would love to give you the opportunity to share with our audience where they can connect with you. If you have any offers or anything going on right now, like share that. And we're going to have all the notes and links and everything in the show notes as well. Well, you can connect with me via the podcast, which is Reflector Reflections. So I have a Reflector-specific podcast that we do invite, and I'm looking forward to having you on um, to share your beautiful story where we do connect and, and share deeply our stories. Uh, I also work uh, with my own business, AnnieRichardson.au, and I'm a counsellor, a birth doula. I do a lot of uh, rebirthing breath work and things like that. So you can connect with me there if you're curious about some of the embodiment practices I do using human design gene keys and just life in general. And I want to thank you as well. And I'm glad that I found you. It was very um, synchronistic when you popped up in my orbit and I just reached out. It was one of those moments where I didn't have to wait 28 days. I just, it just felt, it just was like, yeah, I'm going to reach out and want to have a chat with this lady. Oh my gosh. I Thank love you. it. It sounds like you waited 28 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had already seen it come up and it already had been sitting there manifesting underneath. Um, a lot of that is unconscious as well. It's just like when it's a full body ping, it's a full body ping and it's like, <laughs> I love Thank that. You. Oh, you're so welcome. And I want to thank you for coming on again. I love the conversation. I'm really excited to hear, you know, what the audience thinks and like you just graciously sharing as a reflector, like it support, it's supporting me knowing that I can support others and reflectors better with your wisdom. So I really want to thank you for sharing because it was like so beneficial, even for me being a sacral generator. So thank you again. And thank you to the listeners today. If you can be sure to check out the show notes, connect with Annie, check out her podcast channel. We're going to have an episode on there together as well. And of course, if you can subscribe and leave a review on, on the channel, that would be amazing so that we can continue to share this work with the world. And I'll chat with you in the next episode. Thank you.